Hey everyone, it's the Against the Grain Podcast. This is episode number 84, <laughs> February 11th, 2021. I'm Justin DePalma, and as always, I'm joined by Freddie Roman. Good evening. <laughs> and Guy Dunlap. Uh, hello. <laughs> Coming in hot. Coming in hot. Hot Mike. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so, I almost nailed that <laughs> intro. <laughs> Almost. Uh, almost. There's, there's always next one. Yes. I thought I had it 84 episodes in, but no. You would think. No, no. Do you have I'll that have... like written down or? Oh, yeah. Do you read I just, off of something? And I, I don't really read it, but I just look at it just to make sure I'm saying it right in the right order. No, on the, on the other podcast now, I'm on, we actually have a script that we read. So it's the same thing every time. Yeah, no, I don't. I just believe it or not. I unhuster it from the hip and just shoot. Um, yeah, yeah. So I am reading something, but there's no numbers there or date or anything like that. So that's the part I have to remember, <laughs> and that's why I always get hung up on those parts. <laughs> and the best part is, I had just looked at my phone to see what the date would be. <laughs> yeah. So that's 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 the. So what's going on, Justin? You you name this episode life episode number eighty four dash life changes mm-hmm. which leads me to believe there's something life-changing going on but yeah don't really know what it is do you I, want to share yeah i bought a boat you bought a boat nice no nah, like we're a, gonna have the kid's gonna come here any day oh <laughs> the boat's i'll say that's well, i don't want to say yeah 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 all it would be so like i don't know what's gonna be cheaper. a couple weeks a couple weeks right <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, what did I say? February eleventh, the show comes out. That's when the baby's supposed to be born. But we'll see. Okay. I can't remember if I asked you, and if, if if you already told me, I feel really bad for asking again. But do you know if it's a boy or a girl? We do not know. You do not know, so it's going to be a surprise. No. It's going to be a surprise. That's nice. That's pretty cool. Do you have a, a name picked out? Names picked names. out. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Nothing we're in love with. So. I mean, in other words, you're not going to say yeah. what they are. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I the, the answer is well, I tried. I wanted to name the kid Buck. That way, Elise would have kids. Our first trial, and then there would be Uncle Buck. <laughs> I don't think that's going to fly. <laughs> yeah. yep. So she said no to Guy. Yeah, well, I can I can understand that. Yeah, yeah. she's thinking maybe Freddie would be a respectable name. Frederick, yes, but definitely. Frederick, Frederick. yeah, right. Frederick so. De Palma. That doesn't that doesn't really sound that good, though. So, when uh, we had my daughter, Dennis, Dennis De Palma sounds good. Yeah, that's that's okay. Uh, when we <laughs> <laughs> when we had my daughter, before we had my daughter, we were coming up with names, and I came up with something, and I really can't remember it. And my wife just looked at me, and she goes, "Is the kid going to be a dictator?" It was like. I can't remember what it was. It was, it just sounded like a dictator's name. <laughs> it was like Edie Amin. No, like, uh, it was almost like, I don't think it was Garrett mm-hmm. Augustus de Palma or something. Like that. It wasn't nice. that. Cause that doesn't sound. Yeah. It, that isn't it, but it was something that was like, boom, boom, boom. And then the initials 
I can't remember what the initials were, but there was one of them I had the initials were G-O-D, and she's like, no, that's not going to work. Yeah, you can't do that. <laughs> so, but, yeah. So, I don't know. But and you have, there's some very strong contenders. There's Maybe. ones that we like. We're not, uh, you could probably give us one name that we just be like, yep, that's the one. You know what yeah. I mean? We're not, like, dead set. We got a couple of girl names. <laughs> Boy names were just, what'd you say? You better think of something pretty quick. Yeah, hey. <laughs> I have a great name. I think I shared it before. What is it, Freddie? Oh, a great name for a boy. Actually, it doesn't even matter if it's a boy or female, but this is a great name. Yeah. It goes back to the roots of a, of a Puerto Rican, and it goes back to the heritage. Its name should be Bumsha Bumsha Buchushima Buchushima. That should be a great name for a child. doesn't even matter is, if, if it's a is boy Is there a girl. nickname for it? Bumsha. Oh. Bumsha. Mm-hmm. And you know how to spell this. Oh, yeah. But it takes too long yeah. in this podcast. I don't want to waste time. But in case anyone's interested, I'm willing to share that. Um, <laughs> I haven't reserved it. So it's give, okay. give me, a, give me a, a link for it, and I'll post it in the show notes. Definitely. Definitely. It's the whole website before. It'll take you a half hour. Type it up. Okay. See, the thing is, Fred, I've known you for a couple of years. I don't know if you're pulling my leg or not. No. Because I'm not there to pull your leg. I am officially not pulling your leg. <clears throat> I, I just don't know whether you're just kidding us or not. It's a real name, actually. It sounds like it could be plausible, but then again, I don't know if I'm falling for it. You should Google it, guy. I'm not going to Google it. I don't fact check people. That's one thing that drives me nuts. Fact checking? In a conversation with somebody, with some millennial somewhere, mm-hmm. and you say something, whip out their phone and start fact checking you. Why are they got to be a millennial? Because, because older people don't do that. Mm. Only is there, a cutoff, is there an age cutoff for this? I don't know. I don't know. But doesn't that drive you nuts when you're talking to somebody about something and you're having a conversation and all of a sudden, well, let me, ch- let me check to see if that's right. It's like, dude, you know, come on. It usually no, happens when, when I'm talking sports with somebody. Yeah. No, I don't get that problem because everybody knows everything comes out of my mouth is right. It usually, it usually comes, it usually happens when I'm talking sports with somebody from like sports from the eighties or the nineties and they, mm. they weren't around then. Mm. And so they're just checking to see if not necessarily if you see if I'm right or wrong, but just to, to, to see, you know, there's, there's a, vid, a YouTube video for everything and they want to see the, the video of this particular thing happening. Mm. So it kind of drives me nuts though. Anyways, did you see that YouTube video where Tom Brady is so great he goes to the Super Bowl no matter what team he's on? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, I, you know, I'm I, in Indianapolis. We I'm supposed to hate Tom Brady because of the whole Peyton Manning Tom Brady thing or the Colts Patriots thing. But I'll tell you what, great is that great, guy. Right? That guy carried that in the a, in the NFC Championship mm-hmm. team, game. He carried that team to victory. Victory. Even with three interceptions, he carried that team to victory. Victory on his yeah. back. When it's when it's go time, he goes. That's for sure. That's why he. You know, I don't know how anybody cannot argue or, or argue with me that he is he is the goat. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about it. No yeah. doubt. Mm-hmm. I think it's argue. official now. It's that he is the goat. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. It'll be it'll be a good Super Bowl. I'm looking forward to it. And I, and I think it's why he basically said, I got to go to go to another team to prove that I am the GOAT. So. Well, I don't think that was his choice. No. <laughs> but it's great to see. 
Yeah, and I hope and I hope he does because that's a big middle finger to Bob Kraft. Yeah, big time. Which I which I. Yeah, it is. It's exactly <laughs> what it is. That's what Peyton Manning did to, to Bob Irsay of the Colts. But you know, let me go. Okay, that's fine. I'll go win a Super Bowl with the Broncos. Screw you. Mm-hmm. I'm taking my ball. I'm taking my ball and going home. Big time. So, yeah, he's going to do the same thing. Good for him. Big time. All right, enough sports. Yeah, you know what happens when you see a fork in the road, you take it, Yogi Berra. Who's that? Yogi Berra, the catcher for Yogi, the Yogi Berra, like any baseball. PBJs for me, boo boo. No, not no, no, no. not that Yogi. The one before that one. <laughs> yeah, the one who has a World Series ring in every finger. Just about. Oh. That Yogi Berra. I don't follow. I don't follow baseball. No. Bless I've you. heard of it. Mm-hmm. I'm just teasing. Yeah, I know who he is. I know. So what are you up to, guy? Um. Other than rambling nonsensically, uh, it's been pretty busy at work. I've got a lot of stuff going on, but you know, again, just a lot of weird projects. I have a, yeah. I got a project today, which is actually, or two days ago, which is actually four projects for a chapel inside a hospital. They want me, which I finished already, and I did a training thing with one of the guys on where we built a, they call it a shawl rack. It's just quilt rack. Nothing too fancy. But I have to build an altar out of a live edge slab and a lectern and some kneelers. All out of walnut. So I've got, I'm starting, I'm starting those, those projects. Um... I did some, we had hired two new guys and um, I did three days of training with them this week. Three days out of my four days because I work four tens. I did training with them. It was just basically, you know, these are guys that, you know, have never even used a circular saw before. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm showing them how to, you know, pull the lumber, you know, we start at one end, we pull the lumber and then we go through the, the milling process and jointing and glue up and all that. So it was interesting for them. Do you, um, I, I'm curious about this because I, I'm dealing with this. Um, do you guys have a specific project if you're going to do that? Like the all the way to the glue up point, or are you just going to go glue up something little just to show them, hey, this is what you got to do. Boom, 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 boom. Well, what we did first Yes and no. Okay. So what we did first is we just went through the process and we just grabbed some scrap off the, off our scrap pile, which are scrap piles, anything 48 to 22 inches. That's been cut off from some other board that we were working on another project. So it's kind of like free lumber, so to speak, but we use it for all kinds of things. And this was one of those things. So we made like this little three foot by three foot table And I mean, these guys have never seen a joiner before or a a thickness planner. They didn't know about any of this stuff. So it's, you know, I have to show them how to use the machine. I have to go through the safety of the machine, you know, the, 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 the process itself and then the theory behind all the stuff. And there's, there's, that's a lot to really go through. Yeah. Um, So that took about a day and a half. And then we actually went through and we got an order for three 60 inch round tables 
and we build those in halves because 60 inches won't go through our wide belt. Right. Um, so we build, we built in a, another day and a half, we built between the, with the three of us, we built six 32, 33 inch, you know, six foot tables. Right. Which was pretty, I felt pretty good about. Yeah. And they, they felt pretty good about it. And they came out really nice. Um, so then they, then they got kicks to another uh, guy that went through the sanding process. Cause I'm not going to deal with that. So oh, I still want to pick your brain here. Two things. Are they getting it that fast or they're yes, just stumbling their way through it? They're they're The first day and a half, they're stumbling their way through it. Do okay. you, you understand what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Sure. Uh huh. And, and, and there's because of the way that I do uh, particular teaching myself is I don't just do it. I show them how to do it and then I have them do it. And mm -hmm. then I can get an idea if they're you know, like scared of the machines or anything like that and work with, you know, the, the one guy got stuff really fast. The other guy was obviously scared of the machines. Mm -hmm. So the, and you know, like joiner and planer, we have two of them. Mm-hmm. So while one guy's working, I'm working with the one guy a little bit more closely. The other guy can go over and I trusted him enough to actually go over and use the joiner by himself, the other joiner by himself in a, in a further down the line. So, um, yeah, but by the end of it, they got it. Have you, have you had anybody just like, no, I can't put this guy on a machine? Yes. Okay. And yes. then what, you just go up front and tell the offices, Hey, this guy ain't gonna work. Yeah, he's he's okay. gonna be working in the sanding department. Okay. Um, which is not a bad thing. I mean, we have a couple guys that that do our sanding for us, and that's all they do is sand, yep. and they love yeah. it, and they're yeah. good at it, and they take pride in it. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, they're very fastidious about it, and it, and it shows in the work. We're our our since I've been there, our consistency has just gone through the roof mm -hmm. before you'd get a batch of tables that come through and they just, you know, the, the wood grains all crappy looking and there's a lot of knots and the knots that were there aren't filled properly. And the, the cracks aren't filled properly and they just look bad. And then we get some tables that look really great, you know, and yeah. now it's just, it's just very consistent because we, the, the our production managers, is, we've, we set up the stations and we know which guys are stronger at which everybody knows how to do everybody else's job mm -hmm. in the production line. But right. there are certain guys that do certain things better than other guys. Mm -hmm. And we keep them at those stations. So like right now we're preparing for an order for, I think like 60 or 70 tops. It's a decent size order. So as soon as we get the material in, we'll have a, you know, uh, these two guys that are really good at milling the lumber and they're big brutish guys, man, they can haul out those big heavy boards around real easy. Cause a lot of the times we're dealing with, you know, like 10, 12 foot, 14 foot boards. Right. right. So some of our tables are that big. A bulk of our tables are eight feet or larger. Mm -hmm. So they're dealing with pretty long boards You know, it's all inch and a half material. So, you know, you got a 12 inch wide, 12 foot long 
piece of eight quarter hickory. It weighs a lot. Yeah, yeah. And you got a guy there standing there all day running that over a 16 inch joiner. I mean, you, it, it, it'll take it out of you. But we have a couple guys that are really good at it. Then we have a couple guys that are really good at final sizing and picking out the grain and getting the tabletops ready. Then we have another set of guys that do the final jointing. Okay. That are really good at it. And then we got another set of guys that are good at gluing. They put all the biscuits in and they do the glue ups. And then you guys, they have, sit in the, you guys have a big clamp rack, right? We've got two. We have two glue up tables that we've got pipe clamps on at all times that are about maybe a foot okay. and a half apart. And those okay. tables are 24 feet, 24 feet long each. Hmm. So we'll put the, the, the blank in. We've got another station where we do, you know, it's just a bench with a board nailed to it so we can butt a board up against it and do our biscuits. Mm-hmm. Um, they put the biscuits in, they put it in the rack, they they dry clamp it without the biscuits in to make sure it's all going to close up. They put the biscuits in, they glue it up. They they only these these tops only stay in our racks for forty five minutes. Oh wow! Yeah, they stay in the clamps for forty five minutes because that's what the manufacturer says. Mm-hmm. And I've said, you know, I keep it a little bit longer than that. But no, they keep them in there for forty five minutes. Then they, because we got all these tables to make. Yeah. So then we'll take them out of the clamps and we've got a, a drying rack that all these, you, these tables go up against. Are you just using Typon or something yep. different? Yep. Typon yeah. too. Okay. Huh. For everything. Um, they go up against the rack and then, they, and then they sit there for a day. And then, then they go through the wide belt sander. Gotcha. So if, if there's any glue creep or anything like that over that 24 hour period, which there is, cause we'll take them out of the clamps flat. I mean, there's no ridges or anything on top, right. but the next day they, they could be off, you know, like a 16th of an inch because the boards just start sliding around a little bit. Right. Um, but they go, they go through the, the, the wide belt sander and then they go to hand sanding and then whatever else has to be done. Sometimes we have to put, two tops together to make wider tables or we'll have to make, put two tops together and then the data ports and branding and all that stuff. Gotcha. But, uh, we typically don't make the bases or we, I, I should say I don't make the bases. They're not wood bases. We have our own okay. metal fabrication department now. Okay. It's pretty nice. Um, too. I'm asking that because, uh, as, as you know, Daisy is basically that. She has no experience, and she's my helper. I don't know if I explained that was her name. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, she has no experience, just eager to learn, and wants to learn. Um, she's been off the machine a little bit, uh, the joiner and planer. So I think she kind of forgot it, but it, it doesn't take much to refresh her. Mm-hmm. But I've been trying to get her or teach her how to use a table saw. With supervision, without a doubt. Um, and then I, I also put my little, I have an old Craftsman 8-inch table saw that just has a little 2-horsepower motor, which I I made the joke to my wife. I told her she was on it. She, she got all her fingers. She said, yeah, I, says, I think the thing will stop before it hit your bone because she, <laughs> it, it, you, you can't push a board through it really fast. But 
she's using it and she's, I just had her doing a simple straight line edge things, simple things like nothing. Yeah. Just dangerous. straight line. Smaller. Ripping. Yeah. Straight line ripping little boards that she can handle and everything. But the nice thing about that saw that I personally feel is, um, you really have to listen to it and it's getting her to learn the machine. Mm-hmm. And I feel like she'll learn to listen to the sounds of what's going on and how the machine works and what's happening with it, how to brace her hand on it and on the board. So it's not doing things. And it's just, I think it's a good machine to learn. Yeah. Chances of kickback are very slim on it. <laughs> I mean, if she does something stupid. She's going to get kicked back. But even yeah. if she does, it's, it just has no power at all. It's amazing. I, I, I put a different motor on it than was on there. And it just, that, that motor has, I don't think it's the right motor. It just has no power at all. Um, but it cuts, it cuts super slow. She's just creeping along, moving super slow with it just so it'll cut the piece, but it's very safe for her. Um, the only, the only thing I really worry about is when they're on the table saw and we have, yeah, we, have I, we have two five horsepower um, ICS saw, saw stops, mm-hmm. saw stops. And so I've, I, I don't really worry about, the cutting off of a finger, but I am deadly worried about kickback. kickback. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mainly because, you know, I keep saying, you know, if use the push stick, push on this side of the board, not that side of the board. And then they go over and push it next to the, next to the fence. It's like, uh, don't stand right behind it. Push it over from the soft side of the, of the board. You know what I mean? And it's just, it's just stuff like that. But I got, you know, I've got two guys there and I've got two saw stops and I'm standing at the other end of it. Yeah. Watching the stuff, watching as they're taking the stuff and it's coming through. I I, I feel like an eighth grade shop teacher. Yeah. That's yeah. It's, it's, it's very counterproductive, but it's like you said, you're saying you have to put the time in Mm -hmm. and it's really hard. There's, days where it's really hard because I can set her up and she'll do certain things. But then there's things like this, where I just have to sit there and watch her and hold her hand, which she needs. She needs the guidance and somebody to show her and teach her. It's just hard for me to stop doing what I'm doing when I'm trying to give her things to do. Yeah. Right. But it has to happen. Yeah. Because it's, in the long run, it'll be worth it. I know that, but what it, what it really boils down to, you really have to dig deep and be extremely patient. And it's yep. so hard. You just yep. want to go, okay all right i she gets she seems to get more frustrated with herself than i do partly because i could just walk away but uh she is just ready to pull her hair out using a hand plane like i'm like here and then i walk over and i do it and it's just effortless right and she just Mm -hmm. it it just makes her so mad and i just look at her and she just takes one of those deep breaths like thing i'm like why are you mad again she goes because you just make it look so easy and i can't get it (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, it's been 25 years I've been doing this. You'll figure it out eventually. Well, we're, we're, we're a little bit different too, because of the fact that, you know, once, once I get these guys uh, for lack of a better term vetted yep, to find out what they're good at and what they're not so good at, we can put them in different areas of the shop where they'll excel and we'll, we'll they'll have every chance. We'll be setting them up for success. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's kind of a good thing. Well, in your situation, she's got to kind of be First a lot time. of different things. Yeah. You just can't say, I hired you to do this one thing. Yep. 
Cause you're so, good at it and this is all you're going to do for the next, you know, six weeks or whatever. Right. And I am, there is things that I'm trying to work systems in for her. Uh, hence the Panther router. That's going to be her machine. When everything comes up to have to run anything on that, here it is. I need this. Here's your marks, hit them marks. And she can do that. Um, she takes her time. She does it and she's getting faster at it, which I can't complain one bit with. Uh, the, and there's other things. Uh, she's going to be the one that makes all our dovetail drawers. I'm going to teach her how to do all that. And she, she knows she's going to do it all. And she's just going to be like, all right, I need drawers. I was showing her the other day how to measure for drawers for a space. Go. Basically, you're going to have to glue all this up, mill this material, glue it all up, get it all ready for yourself to come over here, which I think it'll be huge. She, it just needs to happen and go through slowly with her. Yeah. Um, Freddie, what, what, what do you think? You've had more experience than any of us teaching people. That's true. Hmm. Well, she's, she feels how I felt about in 2004 or earlier working with Phil, uh, because Phil made everything look easy. It, it was yeah. very frustrating. You know, he would he would cut a hand cut dovetail drawer side in about five ten minutes. I'm over there when I first started, like six hours later, and my teeth or my or my uh, dovetails looked like they were beaver teeth. You know, they were yeah. so gappy. Um, it's just one of those things that she needs to realize that this is just part of the process. Yep. And that's what I tell her. I think it's a great uh, sign that she is frustrated and wants to improve quickly, which means that her heart is really in it and yep. that she wants to perfect it and continue gaining knowledge. I think that's a absolute yeah. great sign that I don't see in a lot of people. And usually that's the ones, a really, that's a really, really good point for it. Yeah. And usually when you see that into people interested in this trade, you know, you have something special. You have a, a sponge, a winner. And, yeah, um, I, yeah. I've, I've asked her that, like, are you, are you so frustrated? You hate doing this? She goes, no, I'm just frustrated. I can't do it as good as you, but I love doing this. She says, mm -hmm. she, she just, she goes, <laughs> because I I've asked her, I was like, oh boy, are you going to quit? She's like, no, no, no. It just frustrates me. <laughs> I don't want to quit. I love this. So it, yeah, it's, that means it's she wants to do a good job. It's important. She does. To do a good job. I, she does. And I, ignorance is is bliss i guess you could say she just doesn't know what a good job is so she'll do something she thinks this is good enough but really you and i will walk over and see 10 other things the problem is, is not to pick them out and just totally berate her on it but it's like hey you got this this and this uh, i've had her working on these older doors where she stripped them and everything she's like ungodly amount of time into them right and it, it takes her forever to do everything I'm not overly worried about it. It's good because it's busy work for her. She knows she has to do it. She hates these doors because she's been on so long. But they, the other day we finally got them. She's she's rounding the corner. It's like probably tomorrow she might be done with them. And it's just she could see that. But the results are just looking amazing. I don't know if she thinks that. But she's getting it. She's really, it just takes time. I mean, I think uh, looking at it, I would probably have two days into the whole thing stripping it and doing it just because I just know where to go, what I have to do and how far I have to go. She's probably two and a half weeks into it. Right. And it's just, it is what it is, <laughs> but yeah. And she's hit, she's on and off of them, but, and, and I noticed that I have to take her off of them because she just, 
not dilly dallying at all. It's just she's going too slow at times, and I think she just needs a break. So I'm like, hey, come do this type of thing, just to give her a mental break from it. But she is definitely determined. She sets her mind to things like, hey, I got to finish these doors, and she'll do that. She doesn't care. She's going to put 16 days into them or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Which is good. I think it's a very good sign. Um, well, I think what this means is that within a year uh, or in a year, she's going to uh, notice how skillful she's she is. Yeah. And you're going to notice that you can constantly give her more and more. Yeah, um, it'll start clicking, I think. I think her her friend is a perfect the her friend is a perfect example of like significantly yep. improving uh where she was and where she is now. It's like yep. night and day and I think that this person your your helper there can follow suit real quickly. Yep, I agree. Yeah, I totally agree. Um Yeah, I I I'm very much looking in 6 months from now. She's going to be able to just like, "Hey, take this and and I don't think she'll be able to handle whole projects, mm-hmm. but I'll be able to just hand more and more things off to her. I bet, I bet there's certain things you could just, you knew she was good at, like stripping a door, <laughs> where you could just hand it to her and say, here, do this and walk away and know it's going to get done. Uh, it, it's, it, it was, she didn't, it, like I said, ignorance is bliss. That was, she stripped it, but she didn't know how far to strip it or what she had to do to it or what mm-hmm. to actually look at or what she was destroying or fixing on it. It's just, I don't know. But yeah, it, it's, the worth, work ethic is there. That's not a problem, which is, I think is 99% of it. Mm-hmm. The rest of it, she just has to learn. Um, and she seems like Freddie's saying, she's a sponge for it right now. So hopefully it sticks up. It stays that way. Yeah. I don't know. Everything, hopefully everything else just comes with it. Uh, but I, I think she's, like I said, she's a great addition. So I'm happy to have her. What about your other guy, your experienced guy? He gave me a one day notice and quit. <laughs> yeah. So what'd you do to piss him off? I asked him, he said nothing. It's me. Um, he, he, he said a couple of things. Well, him. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was him. He's, uh, he made the comment that he also found a job with benefits. So I okay. think that was part of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. yeah um, benefits play a huge role, man. Yeah. 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 So, so. which it's I, yeah, it, it, it stinks. It really does. It stinks for me because it, it was me seeing a light at the end of the tunnel with things. Yeah. Like I could just hand him things. And <laughs> now I got two projects sitting in my shop that are halfway done because he just left and I got to figure out what's the, what's done on them and what not. But I'll come, what I'll all come the, over. What all the parts are. You. Come on over. I'd be happy to have you. <laughs> so I'm, it, it's I'm, funny. I'm I was thinking. Too. Uh, that's all right. I'll pay you more. Um, I was I was thinking the other day about how Maybe I don't need somebody in the shop. Maybe I just need a finisher. If I just had somebody doing my finish work, because that's going to, I was noticing that with him there, I was basically going to become a finisher because he was just going to start pumping out so much stuff Mm -hmm. that I would just have to be spending all the time in the booth just to keep up with him. Mm. So now it's like, all right, well, maybe. maybe Do you know somebody local that you could give that to? Uh, and no, but else? I actually, I talked to somebody else that knows somebody and he's going to get a hold of me, I think. So, and, and I hear he's a very good finisher, which I'm, I'll entertain the idea. 
I'll definitely look into it and see what pricing is and all that. So there is <laughs> right next to my shop down the street, there is a professional finisher and his work is phenomenal. He does a lot of, uh, commercial installation stuff, which is the, the finishes are just unbelievably nice. Right. Um, but I went over there and talked to him and got pricing and he didn't give me any pricing. His answer was, I just charge 20% of whatever the project is, which just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. It's just like, that's not the answer I was looking for. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how you can price something that's like a $400 table. That's 20% much money at all for that. But <laughs> or yes, yeah, or yeah. Or to say that, Hey, this is a $20,000 piece of furniture that how, how's that fair? Right. Yeah. But, I don't know. Does that sound right to you, Freddie? Um, Percentage off the project? Well, here the in, project? in here in uh, Massachusetts, there was a time frame that there was traveling finishers. Mm-hmm. And there's there's a couple that come to mind. And they did about 15, 20 different shops. And that's how they worked. It's just kind of like I take a percentage off the job. And since mm-hmm. they were so fast, it was worth for the cabinet shop to either calculate that extra 20% or to say it's a hundred percent worth it because there's no headaches. And, right. and for me to look at it, you know, depending how big the job is, sometimes almost like half the labor is the finishing process, all, yes. the, all the prep and everything else. If this guy's going to come in and do all the prep and do all the finishing, then I'm okay with giving you 20%. So at, at the same time, uh, you kind of have to say, you know, this is what I can give you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you know your numbers ahead and you go over or whatever else and you compensate it for that so you don't lose your profits, then I will say, uh, this is all I can give you. Do you agree? Yes. All right. Sign on the dotted line. This is a, this is a price for this job. And for every job, you do it that way. Right. That's a good point. That is a very good point. I think it was just, and maybe that was just his way of giving a ballpark number. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Because, you know, know, then you could also calculate if you know what your average price is for the last 12 months on jobs overall. Mm-hmm. And if it says 20%, and you can look at it and it breaks down like, oh, this guy's going to be making $40,000, $50,000 a year. You know, mm-hmm. is that worth it? Can you do that? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that's that's. And he, and he knows he's going to have to do the, the occasional $100 job. Mm-hmm. But well, the the other jobs that are much larger than that will make up for it. Well, here's the thing. If you got a professional finisher in there, I, I can't tell you how many times that these shops would be like bringing in mold, crown molding or baseboard, anything that just needs to be primed or painted. And he would bring that in and he'll make a killing and the finisher would still get his 20%. But in the long run, it, it was like, I didn't do anything. I just, we got molding dropped off. My finishing guy did the finishing work and it gets picked up. I make money doing nothing. I didn't touch anything. Gotcha. You know, so it's something to consider in that regard as well. Mm-hmm. You know, you go around saying, hey, you know, to different cabinet shops, hey, you want your crowned or, you know, wainscoting or MDF painted, your doors painted. You know, I have a guy full time feed, feed, you know, feed the, the lion that just keep mm-hmm. he's hungry. So. We're lucky. We have a, a guy that's a professional finisher. He, he, he's an employee of ours, but he's also the employee of, I think, three other shops. Yeah. Okay. So he works, you know, a couple of days a week at our place, a couple of days a week at the other places, you know, 
kind of moves around a little bit. And he's my age, maybe a little bit older. And this is this is the only thing he's ever done. Mm-hmm. Right out of high school, he started finishing, started working for somebody. So that's all he's ever done. He's and he's really good. Um, so we're, yeah, we're I, lucky. We're lucky to have him. I know. I know. I know he gets paid pretty well. Okay. I, I know a guy that used to work at another cabinet shop that uh, that I, a friend of mine owned. And he was the same way. He was a finisher. That's all he did. And when they, if they were slow, he got to work on the floor doing woodwork. He hated that, but that's all he wanted to do was finishing. And the guy the same way. He was a guru at it. It's like, Hey, I need this color. Okay. Figure it out, come up with it, do it all. And then same thing, lay down a beautiful finish. And that's what he loved to do. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, no, that's all Jim does for us. He won't do anything else. Yeah. <laughs> he just, he's a, he's a, he's a surly old bastard. Yeah. But, well, uh, yeah. <laughs> they all seem to be that way. <laughs> but I, uh, I don't know. I, I have no problem letting that go. It's just as long as the quality's there, mm-hmm. which I, yeah. I'm, I'm sure the quality would be there for somebody that's a professional. And yeah, I don't know. And it's paint grade. It's a you know the way to look at it. I don't know. It's just like paint hides so much. Oh yeah. So it's just like why do you think so many guys want to do paint because it's just easy to hide everything, you know? It's like what? Maybe that's the problem. I I just give them good stuff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Which is, it, I I do, and I and I will say this as a person that does finishing and painting, I play with the good stuff or I'll use good materials because I don't want it to deal with it on the paint side because I mm-hmm. hate painting it. I can do a really nice finish. I just hate doing it. So I, I think I hate the amount of time it takes. That's really what it, and, and I've said it before. I've, I got really good at finishing when I realized, Hey, this takes time. When you realize you have to dedicate to it, you can't just whip out a can of something and just wipe it all with a rag and walk away. It's, it's not that if you want a really nice finish, but yeah, I don't know. And, and I, the guy that quit for me made the comment. He says, I'm used to, we just did whatever. And then made it look pretty on the outside. And he made a couple comments to me about how you're kind of making things look beautiful everywhere. And it yeah. might not need to be. And I just gave my explanation for some of the things. And I think a lot of that comes down to the fact that first off, my eyes are on everything. And the other thing is that I, I mean, I'm charging a premium for my work. I feel like I think it should be nicer. And I think that's what sets me apart. So I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, do you worry about things that will never be seen? No. Okay. No, I and I told him I was like, hey, I work with this ten and two scale. Everything's either a, be, between two to ten. <laughs> it depends on what it is. The back of a cabinet's a two. <laughs> you know what I mean? The back of a door is a five. I think it only needs to look so nice, not yeah showroom finish. Mm-hmm. That's me too. You know, it's just yeah. kind of one of those things that it's a scale. It's a scale, but also, uh, you know, this is where people don't want to answer the question. What's your budget? It's just kind of like, you know, we pick our spots where it really matters. And if you're never going to see it, this is where you gain quality. It's like you're never going to see that. I'm not going to do inferior work, but at the same time, I'm not saying it at a 400 either. So this brings up another point. Um, I am building a door right now for a door and window company in Philly. And... They they get these doors. They're mahogany doors. They're they're historic doors for Philly uh, places and homes in Philadelphia. Um, they have a place that they get all their doors from in Georgia that provides 
drawings for them and makes the doors. I don't, yeah, they were stave core mahogany doors, the one I worked on and very similar to mine, but they, the guy even told me, he goes, they're not your quality. So anyways, this door that I'm working on now, he showed me the quote and said, Hey, do you want to quote this? And I quoted, I was almost twice their price. And the only reason I got, well, two reasons I got the job. One was because I was able to make this, uh, barrel and bead molding. The other was that the customer was okay to pay for it because I put information on Instagram. They'd be able to see their door getting made. Right. Um, and they wanted to follow it and see it happen. So they were willing to pay almost twice as much. My comment to the, the door guy was, well, it doesn't matter what I charge because they apparently can't do this, this bead detail that you need on this jam. And he more or less said, yeah, you're right. <laughs> but, but part of that's for, so, so anyways, I, I become friendly with this guy. He's friends with my brother. And I said, Hey, I want to bid anything else you have. I'd like, I'd like to be offered that. So he showed me a door today and showed me the bid from the other people. And it was just like, whew, that's about a thousand dollars lower than mine. So the question is, I am definitely building a nicer door. Mm-hmm. Do I start cheaping out my doors to get to that price? Um, well, the, the question is, do you want to sell 10 items at a thousand dollars or one item at $10,000? Mm-hmm. That's what you always got to ask yourself right. in that situation. So, or know. do I figure out how to build them faster? <laughs> well, you can figure out how to build them faster if it's not going to hinder you and make you go slower. Yep. Yeah. You know, because it's like at the time, it's like if you're thinking about this job, you're thinking like, well, I'm not really doing anything and I'm not physically doing anything. But in actuality, you are. You're thinking mm-hmm. about it. And you deserve mm-hmm. to get paid for that time. Mm-hmm. So it's like one of those things, like if you have to reinvent the wheel and you, but you're comfortable at the methods that you've previously done, you do it relatively fast, then just continue moving forward and, and don't think about it now. Think about it in the future. At the same time, maybe yeah. you, you don't overanalyze like, or maybe you, instead of cutting, you know, tenons on everything, you do use a domino, you know, for example, out of random, you yeah. know, overall structure is the same, concepts the same, strengths the same, adhesives the same, but now I don't have to worry about fitting the tenons on each side and setting up multiple setups. It's just domino away. Yeah. So I, I think, well, that's what I, that I, I keep going back to. Their pricing is cheaper than mine, but I think it's because they're a door company and they're set up to make doors, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Right. That's which is huge. Whereas hence the reason I bought the panor router. It's yep. just, it's one of those, it was an aid to help me speed up this process a little bit. And I had enough doors to build it. It justified paying for it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I also think that I could probably hit him with a, <laughs> a little bit more money and he might go for it. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, because yeah. I bet you they got shipping, <laughs> but even though I do too. So, um, you know, definitely, it's just something to consider. And like Guy said, you know, we'd rather do, or even I would like to do this, I'd rather do less jobs at a higher number. Mm-hmm. So if you can get that. And also, maybe if you get repeatable, similar jobs, your helper will become even more efficient because she's like, oh, I already did this. I know what Justin's going to do. That's kind of yeah. way I, not even on her end, I'm, on my end, I'm looking at is, what, what have I built? You're, well, look, what you're seven, doing is you're, standard, seven entry, you're standardizing right. things. Yes. Mm-hmm. I've built seven doors. There is not much of a standard for me. And it, it's, I'm now developing a standard 
Mm-hmm. I guess you could say. I wouldn't say there's a standard size, but there's a standard way you're doing things. Right. You're standardizing right. your procedures. Yes. Which is increasing more your efficiency. Yeah. Yep. And and this is so, where Justin, this is where uh, if you are going to continue hiring people and have people on hand, that you develop processes. Yep. So mm-hmm. that you'd be like, I can't help you right now. I'm busy, but go ahead and look at that book of of making doors, and we're at you know the section that says tenants. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's what you got to follow. So it's something. to consider. So th- that goes back to why I was ready to hire a person. Um, mm-hmm. The amount of work that I had coming up was all repeat work that I had done. And I knew every single process. It, it was that whole reason why I was comfortable hiring a person back in the fall was because what was coming up, I had done already. And I know what to tell people to do, whereas a lot less thinking for me. It's just boom, 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 boom. And I, I felt when I had the other guy working for me, he was there working and we would go over everything, all the project, what he was working on. And I felt really, it felt good to know all the steps that I needed to tell him. And when he was over there doing something and I would ask him, are you okay? And he goes, yeah. Or, or he'd say no. And I'd be able to just walk over and just say, did you think of this, this, and this? Because I knew what that project was and how it should be and everything about it. But I felt like the experience was there. Me personally, for myself. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I, I, I had done it before, which is good, I think. <laughs> Especially if you're going to be a boss, right? I, I, felt, I felt like a boss. That's really what it comes down to. Um, I kind of felt like how my dad used to work on the job sites and just know the answer to everything. Just look at it and be like, yeah, do this. And it was just a life of experience. Um, it just got me to that point and him as well. So that that was the whole reason I thought about hiring to begin with. And that's, I don't know. I, I, I agree with what you're saying about the, the door thing, doing one door instead of doing 10. And I think that's what this is. This is, it isn't far off from my pricing. Maybe if I streamlined a little bit, cut out a couple of things that I do that make the doors a little bit better, they would be comparable to what they're getting, I think. And yeah, but I still don't think you should reduce your price. Your price has to be constant because what you're doing is you're uh, establishing your 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 baseline price in the market. If you lower yeah, but your price, what if I'm building a cheaper door? Well, if you're building a cheap, well, you can have diff- you can have a good, better, best. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Here, okay. I think. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. I I think I never don't think mind. I'm gonna- just forget. No, no, <laughs> no. I I think my pricing's still higher than this place, but I think there's they're more efficient. They're a door company. They're going to be more efficient. Yeah. Right. Uh, I think that's where their pricing gets better. But um, do you want to become a door manufacturer? I wouldn't mind having a door division. I can tell you that. <laughs> a door division. And, and I, I kind of see this as this could turn into the same thing the foam is. A couple of years come out of there and I make some okay money on it mm-hmm. and it just comes and goes. But it, it's like a constant. And I do like that idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And it, it, like you're saying, my my helper here a year out from now would be like, hey, we got to build this door. Can you build this? Yeah, she'd be like, yeah, no problem. Yeah, or handles 50% of it. Even if she Mm -hmm. handles 50%, that's awesome, right? But Definitely. And that's how I'm kind of looking at it. 
I guess that's how I look at a lot of things. But I guess the question I'm going to ask you is kind of like a personal one. But how much of a control freak are you in the in the shop? That's a huge problem for so many people I know. Yeah. So I I've been constantly asking myself since I hired this this older gentleman who quit, and I thought one of the things I was very good at was not being a control freak. Like, hey, just I'd leave the guy alone. Like, give him the information. We'd have a meeting. We'd talk about everything, and then go away and just let him do his thing. Mm -hmm. And rarely did I ever look over my shoulder or whatever was going on. I just was like. It was more of if I looked over and just saw that he looked confused and I was like, hey, you're all right type thing. Yep. I kind of do the same with her. Right. And I. Well, that's the only way I, you make money. Yeah. Yeah. I'm over trying to do things. And it's it's funny. I I am definitely I noticed having people around. I'm more of a manager. I'm more I'm busier running the back end than I am running the f trying to get work done for myself. Mm -hmm. But that's, I guess that's what's going to happen because I just have to keep feeding them with things. So if I'm getting them parts or ordering this or ordering that, it's just, I, I, what I am not good at is, Hey, let me write that down and I'll order it all later. I just, do we need this? Okay. I'm going to go do that, which made me stop doing what I was doing, Yeah, but it was keeping them productive. So, I took the production off of me, I guess you could say. And I, I listen, I got three weeks of that. Could I have figured out how to do it later? I probably would have, mm. but you know, I'm, I think it, it depends on the person who you hire because yep. I've, I've hired people and they definitely needed to be checked up on like every half hour, which was a pain mm -hmm. in the butt. And mm -hmm. then I have people who I don't have to check up on as much, but I feel like I have to still check up on them once an hour because just to continue putting a fire up their butt. Like, mm -hmm. all right, come on, keep going, keep going, keep going. And then there's been only a couple times that I've worked with amazing contractors that they were just like, all right, I'm going to get this. I'm going to do this. And I'm just like, oh, this is what it feels like. I don't have mm -hmm. to watch, supervise, or have you brought all your tools. Like, holy moly. Like, there's been only two people in my life so far that it's been like, holy crap. Or three now because I work with someone else. But uh, it's amazing when it happens and it clicks. And it's just like, this is what production is. This is what... Yeah. You know, I they know how to get the job done. I may not do it their process or do their procedures that they're doing, but the end result is there. You know, sometimes what I notice is they're more contractors and carpenters, and I'm like, okay, that's great for carpentry work, but we're just a notch above. Like we have to refine, refine, refine. We have to do yep. an out of step. We have to stand finer. We have to. We don't. If we can help it, we don't believe in caulk. Like you know, that's my mm -hmm. mentality. Yep. So, uh, and after a while, they get it. So. so just like you, I've worked with very few people like that, Freddie. One person, and this was, all we did was measure a job, but it was just like, all right, you know what's going on here. Our friend, Tim Beardsley, mm -hmm. uh, he came and measured a job with me. And it was just like, the dude was on it. He just knew what had to happen. Whenever I just did the littlest move, he was just right there knowing what my next move was. And it was awesome. Yes. Just to be there like, all right, the guy's just grabbing my tape measure because he knows I got to measure this automatically or something stupid or writing something down that he saw me measuring because he just knew that I needed that measurement or asking a question that, hey, we need this. Mm -hmm. And it was just it, the experience was there. This guy that I had in my shop, the, the older gentleman, he was he was experienced and it was he needed a little bit of direction. And it was just him trying to figure out my process, I think he's, mm -hmm. he was mm -hmm. telling me. But otherwise, it was just 
let the guy go. And that's all he wanted to do. He, he told me from day one, he goes, I'm here to help you. I just want to put my head down and work. And he did. And he was, he was awesome at it. Um, it, it does hurt to lose him. Um, definitely. But he was, he was, yeah, he's another one. Three, four months in, he would have been on top of everything for me, I think. Yeah. And it would have been just like, Hey, this is how we're doing this again. We're doing this one. Okay. Go. And it would just turn away. I, I experience is a very nice thing to have around. Um, it's well, amazing. You know really, what? It can be a blessing sometimes and sometimes it can yeah. be a curse. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah so. what, what I've come to realize is that up here, anyone who's really good, they try to run their own business. And well, that's, it's, it's rightfully so. Yeah. Rightfully so. At the same time, I feel, I can't say a percentage is accurate, but from what I interacted with, I feel like 70% of them should have just found someone like you, Justin, or myself. It's just like, how much do you want to get paid? And not have to deal with any paperwork, not have to deal with gathering materials. Just come and work. Do what you love. Tell you, me. You have you have to ask yourself if we should be doing that, Freddie. I no, literally what I right? It's literally what I started asking myself right here as I hear yeah. you talk. I was like, sometimes I want that. Sometimes I yeah, just I, you know. Just, I yeah, tell you I, what, I I after being in management for, you know, most of my adult life, mm-hmm. it's really nice going into work and just not having to be responsible for anybody. Big time. They give me, I, I go in, they give me a project. They give me a date it's got to be completed by, and I just build it and they leave me alone. I, this is a good, bad example of this, but you, you, as I get older, my mindset for seeing the older person work at McDonald's or Walmart is changing. Big because time. Because that's, that's, they're, they're at the point in their life where they're just like, I'm just going to come and put my hours. I'm going to do an absolute amazing job and then I'm going to go home. And that's yeah. probably we, what's going, going I, on. I, I guess what I'm saying is I don't have anything to prove to anybody, either mm-hmm. to anybody or myself. Yeah. You just want to put your head down and work. I just want to put my people. head down at work mm-hmm. and I want to, I want to do a special situation where I am, but yeah, that's what I get my enjoyment from. So yeah. it's like, I, I don't, I don't have to be anybody's boss. I don't want to be anybody's boss. I don't want to be responsible for anybody. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, I think, I think Freddie, you and I are both. I don't think being the boss is definitely at all. It. We're running our own business. I don't know about yeah. you. I, 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 trust me, I love it. I think what I really, and I think you too, Freddie, and a lot of people like us. What we really love is is our freedom to be able to do what we want, how we want. One hundred percent. And if if somebody could let us just come in and do that. Which I uh, I don't see why you can't find a place like that. They're they're far and few between. We we get to work on some really cool stuff. Some of it we like, some of it we don't. Mm. But it's it's all done our way. And I think that we we could probably get a job anywhere. It's just a matter of what you wanted to do and who you wanted to work for and get paid for. It. But yeah, I don't know. It, it would be there are several days during the week that you just knock your head against the wall. You're like, why am I doing this? Which is part of being a business owner. But it's, I don't know. It's nice. all mine. <laughs> I will say that. I walk in that door and I look at all this stuff and it's all mine. But, yeah. <laughs> no, it's true. Um, yeah. It's like, you know, God bless her soul. My mother, when she had a house that was empty, um, she missed the interaction between my brother and I. So she she got a customer service job at Walmart. Not because she needed the money. Not because she thought Walmart was a cool place to work. 
but she got to interact with people. She wasn't yep. alone. And sometimes, <laughs> you know, it was her rules. And if she didn't like a person or she didn't like give, if a customer gave her an attitude, you know, she just told them to screw off. And while it may not have been a great place, but she says, I also work at Walmart and that's where, you know, a lot of ghetto people go to. So who cares? You know? So it's like for her it was win win. So I, so back to that whole thing of the interaction and all that. When I first moved into my house, uh, I don't know. I was here for the first six months. I would call my dad and be like, Hey, I'm going here and everything. One day he finally told me, cause I don't care what you're doing. Mm-hmm. It was just, you're just so used to that idea that you had somebody to talk to. It was the loneliest I ever was, uh, in my life because it was just, I come home at night and all I had was a TV Yeah, and I'm just like, there's nobody to talk to. I go to work and I'd like chatter, chatter Susie or whatever the name is. Uh, and, uh, it was, that was it. That was your life. And it was just like, come home bored, nothing to do. Just look at it. I got to make my dinner and I got to watch TV tonight. Okay. This is lonely. <laughs> You know, it's, talk. <laughs> it's, 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 it's kind of weird. It's just, for me, I was the opposite. It was like, I would, and I, in the passions has come back ever since, uh, Phil passed away. When I, when I came home, um, I maybe would have relaxed, maybe watch a show or something, you know, doing some stuff at the house, doing paperwork. But now I dig out the old books and now mm-hmm. I dig out the old fine working magazines when they were actually really good and, you know, reread articles and, and try to learn still. And that passion and drive is back. So for me, it's like I don't need the TV or anything. YouTube is good if some. Yeah, but uh, uh, the, 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 my my point is, you have your wife there, though. Yeah, I do. Right? I had yeah. nothing. I'd come home and it was just if there was no TV on, it was quiet. Like, well, I guess no what I, was, I guess what I was saying is what I did when I didn't have a wife was exactly the same thing that I'm doing again, as in regards to I'm I may not be just totally spending the next six hours to midnight focusing on woodworking. But now I incorporate it back a little bit more when I can to continue yeah. that passion, to continue that drive to, to learn more. But that's what makes us unique and different really. <clears throat> so, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty tough trying to figure out if you want to hire someone or not. You know, it's, it's really yeah. hard. And so I, you're, are you going to replace that guy? I don't know. Right now, I don't know. Um, I I like having Daisy around. I will mm-hmm. say that. Um, I, I think when when I first started, and she was she well, I had the other kid working for me. But when he was there, it was. It was a noose. I don't want nuisance is the wrong word. It was, it was, I don't, I don't know what the word is. I don't want to say headache. I don't want to say nuisance. I don't want to say, there was somebody else. I get along with her. I like having her there. I don't mind coming into the shop or her coming into the shop in the morning. And I just like, Hey, how you doing? Blah, blah, blah. It was, it's not like, Oh my goodness. She's here. I got to keep, keep her busy type thing. It's yeah. there's somebody there. And that's for the first time. I've never had that before. I, I, I missed my freedom. I really want to get into the shop in the morning. I try and beat her there, which I do 99% of the time. And I, yeah, I don't know. They, I love that does, freedom, man. Freedom. Yeah. Oh, I just to come and go. I, I miss that so much. And I will say that with Daisy, I do have the freedom. Same thing with the other guy that I had there. I, I had the freedom of just, just in the middle of the day. Hey, I got to run here and get this. 
they mm-hmm. can stay there and work, right? Yep. The first kid I had, I couldn't do that with. I could not leave him alone. It was take him with me. Otherwise, he's just going to stand around and do nothing, right? Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I there's there's a responsibility to be there. I mean, that needs to happen. With the the other guy, it was, hey, I'm going to be late in the morning. You know what you're doing. He was fine. Same mm-hmm. thing with Daisy. She was set up. She was fine. She's fine. Um, I don't know where I'm going with this, but there, there is nothing. I have no discomfort around them. I guess you could say. I yeah. guess I'm used to having, getting used to having an employee. So, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that. But, well, you know, for me, I'm, I'm totally different. I, I, I enjoy having people around. Mm-hmm. I would, I would interact with them, mm-hmm. but majority of the time, there's like no talking. It's just probably because when I went to <laughs> we school, we have that too. Yeah, yeah, when I went to school, there was literally you're focusing so much on the project at hand as a furniture maker or trying mm-hmm. to become one that um, you had to focus. You had to like really concentrate to get efficient and get an understanding of what you're doing, and that that's somewhat carried over. That you know, it's like I have to force myself to talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that I don't care about the person who works for me, because if something happens, I'm the first one to drop everything for you, help you. What do you need? I'll be there. You know, at the same time, I am not a fan of small chit chat. Mm-hmm. So it's just like I there there is Daisy has no problem with it being quiet. No mm-hmm. radio on. Mm-hmm. Like I I put the radio on just because it just seems like it's too quiet in there. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny. I get the feeling at times if the radio is too low, I feel like you're walking into like. American Eagle or something. <laughs> so it's just that weird, odd, or what is the other one? Abercrombie and Finch. Mm-hmm. Like you walk in there, it's just this weird vibe going on. <laughs> so it, I don't know where it's just quiet. And like, there's two people completely separated 50 feet apart doing their own thing. It just feels weird at times, but she's, she, and I've asked her, I'm like, uh, are you, you want the radio on? She goes, no, I don't care if it's quiet. I'm like, okay, whatever. Cool. <laughs> Do your thing. I'll do mine. And she is. She, we're both fine with it. But and maybe that's why I get along with her so much. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just she's a good employee. I will say that. That's so, good. I'm, I'm glad you. That the good employees are hard to find. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, and even if they're talented, it's just one of those things that what I've learned with dealing with people is that they they're stuck in the ways. Sometimes yep. like they have to have their space exactly perfect or they constantly have to adjust the sandpaper and everything else. And I'm just kind of like, dude, just throw it in the sandpaper box. Who cares if, you, if you're frustrated finding a new piece of sandpaper or use sandpaper, just grab a new one. Like that mm-hmm. box is there <laughs> just for crap material, just to start scraping off whatever dirt and grime is on top. Yeah. It doesn't even matter. Like, yep. yeah. you know, relax. And or they they think because they work in your space that there's that their work area shouldn't be changed. And it's kind of one of those things like, yeah, you know, your your work area is really the item that you're working on. You, you know, I'm being nice giving you a workbench. So if mm-hmm. I need your workbench, guess what? I, I, I own the workbench, you know, so. Well, I, I gave I had her make her own bench and that's good. just like a quick assembly table. Basically, all my stuff ends up over there and. And I'm like, where's my things? She just, she will work in an absolute mess, which I'll break her of it eventually. But it's like, yeah, why don't you clear out a little space here so you can work? Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I don't know. You know, part of her stuff is lack of experience, but yeah. 
or like, where's my thing? So <laughs> where's well, this? Where's that? Well, she went and bought chisels. I'm super happy with that. <laughs> that's good. Well, yeah. here's the other thing that you can do is sooner or later start telling her, you know, hey, we're going to stop a half hour early before the end of the day. Let's start putting some stuff away, you know, mm-hmm. so that we have a cleaner space for tomorrow morning. Or, yeah. you know, learn how to sharpen. That's if that time comes. Like, all right, start honing up before you go home so the tools are ready for tomorrow morning, ready to go. So That's a good point. Yep. Get them back into habit and then, you know, they'll start doing it on everything, mm-hmm. which is huge. So. <clears throat> That might be our next show, talking about what I should teach her first. Yeah. Pick up a broom. Wow. Yeah, well, that needs to happen, too. I, yeah. I told it's, her that. It's huge. <laughs> and don't sweep around things. Pick them up and sweep yeah. them. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Why is there a line right where that cord was? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, at the same time, it's just like you also need to teach them, like, listen, right now it's not the time to sweep because I am going to be routing for the next hour and a half. Put the broom down. Like, you know, that's sometimes an issue. Yeah. Yeah. So. Awesome. Well, it's been an hour and four minutes. What do you want to do? Nothing. Thanks for letting me vent again. Not that I'm venting, but I don't know. Thanks for letting me talk. It's, it's, good, to, it's good to talk this stuff out. It's therapy session. Definitely. Yeah. What, yeah. what yeah. guy and Freddie and what, what was the new kid's name? Boom, <laughs> boom, sha, 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 oh. something. His name was Boom, sha, boom, sha, boom, sha, shima, boom, sha, shima. Oh, yeah, that guy. Boom, yeah. sha, can't wait, boom, can't sha, wait, boom, can't wait to have him in my life. Poor <laughs> girl. Yeah. Can you say that 10 times fast? Big time. Boom, sha, boom, sha, boom, sha, shima, boom, sha, shima. Boom, sha, boom, sha, boom, sha, shima, boom, sha, shima. You want me to continue doing it? <laughs> this is what he does when he's self-employed by himself. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do in a corner when I need like motivation or anything. What people will probably notice, this is the last thing I'll say, what people will probably notice is that when I work with someone uh, and they start getting used to it after a little while, I say, come on, come on, you, you can work faster. And everyone thinks I'm like, oh my God, my, he's saying that about me. But in actuality, I'm saying it to myself, like, let's go, come on, pick it up, pick it up. You can do better than this. Let's go. I'm always trying to talk to myself as as the boss. Like, you know, you're sluggish. Go drink a Coke. Get, get going. Come on. This is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's just one of those things that... Um, you always need to somehow find self-motivation because I see this a lot with a lot of furniture makers or kids who just graduated from school and they're just like, oh, I'm going to sip some coffee and make a couple mm-hmm. of plain strokes mm-hmm. and talk to you. And it's like, no, there's no talking. Get I agree your, with you, Freddie. Get your butt to work. So, that's it. Motivation. Next episode. Well, hey, it's good talking yeah. to you guys. Yep. It's always, it's always a pleasure. Long as there's no kid, I'll be around for the next one. Mm. <laughs> Otherwise, I might take a little break, and you guys will have to record yourselves. But Not a problem. all right, all right, we'll see you. See you.